everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where our thoughts and our hearts and our prayers are certainly with all of our loved ones, our brethren in the Holy Land, and we pray to God that the violence ends quickly and that lives are saved and that life returns to peace. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right before Allison, right before Nachum's Live Lunch, and on Instagram. Yeah, I've never been this active in my life on Instagram. It's more like Yoni's never helped me be more active on Instagram in my life. Find me on Breaking Bread Oven. Yes, Breaking Bread. That's what I do. I bake and I talk about it. I break challah, frankly, and I talk about it. That's basically what I do and would love for you to follow along. We had a fabulous morning this morning in Livingston, New Jersey at Congregation Eitz Chaim. Amazing guests, true heroes of Israel and the Jewish people. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The history in that shul, the history of the people who founded that shul. Incredible personalities for sure and a community that's really doing great things. My thanks to Rabbi Klibanoff for making it all happen. And um, it's something we've been talking about for a while, frankly. It's something we've tried to get off the ground, and then COVID, and then this, and then that. But it's really, it was a wonderful show this morning. So, again, my thanks to the Klibanoffs, to Rabbi Klibanoff, and, and to the entire community. And don't forget that today's live lunch is from Deluxe Bistro in Lakewood. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Do not miss a minute of today's programming. And here is my weekly reminder to get vaccinated. I'm not exactly sure why, if you have the opportunity to get vaccinated, you would not have gotten vaccinated yet. But if you haven't, please do. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm this close. I'm begging you. Just please get vaccinated. We need to achieve herd immunity here in the New York area, in the United States. I mean, it's enough already. It's enough. Let's go. Go get vaccinated. There are serious opportunities. It's more and more available here in the New York area. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart to please get vaccinated. National holidays today. It is National Crouton Day. I don't know when you make croutons. I don't know if you make croutons, but I'm usually making croutons, I don't know, Tuesday and Wednesday with all the leftover challah that I have, both from Breaking Bread and from Shabbos. So it's National Crouton Day, but to go along with that, it's National Hummus Day, Woohoo! I celebrate that a lot. Uh, tomorrow, actually, sometimes, as you know, we mention the national holidays as they are coming up, so we make sure to pay attention to it. But tomorrow is officially Aproxia Awareness Day. It is Aproxia Awareness Month, and our guest today will discuss what Aproxia is and the importance of us being as aware as possible about this disorder. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I am joined this morning by Ariella Benzaken. She is a friend, she's an advocate, and she's a parent of a child with apraxia. It is, um, as I mentioned a second ago, it is it is National Apraxia Awareness Month, and tomorrow the 14th is uh, National Apraxia Awareness Day. And because of Ariella's recent posts on Facebook, um, I actually became aware of Aproxia for the first time. It's not something I'm familiar with, and I have a feeling that many people, many of our listeners, are not familiar with it, are not aware that it even exists. And so I welcome Ariella this morning to discuss Aproxia and being a parent of a child with Aproxia. Ariella, good morning. Good morning. 
thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a busy schedule, and uh, between uh, work and family life, you know, taking a break to do this is is really much appreciated. Um, let's talk for a second about Moshe. So Moshe is what number child for you? Okay, so he is my second child out of three. Um, he's five years old. He just turned five. And he's the happiest kid I know. <laughs> <laughs> and his diagnosis came when? So apraxia isn't officially diagnosed until the age of three. Okay. Um, but ever since he was a baby, he had a lot of delays, a lot of physical delays, just in general, developmental delays. Um, and then as a baby, he wasn't making so many sounds or moving his mouth or putting toys in his mouth. So at about two, um, he was getting speech therapy, and they said they suspected apraxia. So, um, so then finally at age three, he was officially diagnosed with it. So I just went on the, the um, apraxia-kids.org website, and... The, I'm gonna, I'm, I just want to read the official diagnosis, the, sorry, the official definition, because, mm-hmm. because some of the things that you're describing, we see in, you know, we see certain of those elements in kids, but the fact that it's an actual, you know, diagnosis is, is something else. So, so the website reads as follows, Aproxia, um, Aproxia Kids envisions a world where every child with Aproxia of speech reaches their highest communication potential through accurate diagnosis and appropriate timely treatment. We believe that every child deserves a voice. However, we know that the first time many people hear childhood apraxia of speech is when their child is receiving the diagnosis. Raising awareness means that upon receiving a diagnosis, a parent is aware of what that means, and the speech therapist is aware of how best to support the child and the family. The more people that know and understand apraxia, the more support children and families will have. Early intervention is crucial. A team supporting a child with apraxia is crucial. And I've learned that along the way, says that parent who's being quoted there. Now, what I have down here is that apraxia is a neurological disease. It affects people unable to carry out everyday movements and gestures. For example, apraxia may be unable to, someone with apraxia may be unable to tie their shoelaces. People with apraxia of speech find it challenging to talk and express themselves through speech. So tell me, is that what you see with Moshe? You see that the words are sort of there, but they can't come out? So it's really interesting. As you mentioned, there are a lot of different types of apraxia. Apraxia of speech is one of the more common ones, but apraxia affects, they think, one out of every thousand people. Wow. Um, so it is rare, and it's really unknown. Moshe actually, at one point, they thought he had global apraxia, so the physical piece of it, too. He actually um, has verbal apraxia and oral apraxia. So what that means is the verbal apraxia piece is that his, his brain knows exactly what he wants to say. He knows what he wants to say, but the message to the mouth doesn't go through clearly. So he struggles and grasps for the correct sounds to make the words. So everyone can speak without thinking. For Moshe, he has to think about how does my mouth have to form to make that sound? And how do I put the sounds together to make that word? And then how do I make the words come together to make the sentence for everything he wants to say? Wow. Now I'm going to ask you a question simply out of ignorance. His hearing is fine, right? 
Yes, we had to get it checked out, but his hearing is completely fine. Right. I imagine you've gotten it checked out. I'm just asking as somebody who just is trying yeah. to uh, is trying to understand this for the first time. There are so many of our listeners who I bet are saying, you know, get his hearing checked. No, you've you've done that already. You yeah. you know yeah. what he had, you know what you're looking at. He had Yeah, correct. He had an MRI. They checked to make sure it wasn't um something that was wrong with his brain. It's not a speech delay even. Um, it's just trouble with those complex movements that you need for speech. It's, it's difficulty with the planning of the movement sequences. So what that looks like is that if he wants to say the word yogurt, it might come out as O because he can't mm. get the sound, uh, the Y sound or the G or the R sound. So for us, it's really trying to help him um, form his mouth the right way to make the proper sound to communicate what he knows he wants to say. And what's amazing is kids with apraxia, they, they have good understanding. They understand when people talk to them. They just can't respond to you in the way that they want to. So how does he respond to you? So he has become unbelievable at nonverbal communication. Um, one of the, the global apraxia that I mentioned earlier makes fine motor difficult as well. So he couldn't, even trying to teach him typical American sign language was a struggle for him because he couldn't make the fine motor gestures that is needed. So he kind of made up a bunch of his own um, sign language, and we have to just learn what he's doing. Or he's really good at imitating an animal, if that's what he's trying to say, or pulling me over and pointing to something. Um, We actually just started, which is amazing, thank God for technology. Um, He has something called an AAC device, which is a special program on an iPad that he has tons of folders with lots of words, and his speech therapist try to train him to say what he wants to say on the device. So he pushes a button, and the button says the word that he's trying to say. Wow, that that's that's incredible. And I and I assume that that I mean it's a program, it's an app, it's something specially developed for for people with apraxia. I assume that that's something yeah. that's readily available. Yeah, it is. It's it's expensive, but it's out there for people. Um, <laughs> It's out there, and it's really helpful. I mean, he has to learn how to use it appropriately, but it's just incredible. That with the nonverbal communication, and again, you have a whole team of therapists. So there are different types of, of speech therapy that people with apraxia might try. So there's something called prompt therapy, where they physically move your, um, your mouth. They help you form the right way um, to push your lips forward so that your muscles get used to that movement and can readily make those sounds. Um, there are all types of different um, approaches in speech therapy, and you just have to find the right one that works for your kids. Wow, unbelievable. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Segal Network, and I'm joined by Ariella Benzaken. She is the parent of Moshe, a child with apraxia, and we are discussing apraxia awareness as May is Apraxia Awareness Month, and tomorrow in the United States is National Apraxia Awareness day. Let's talk for a second about Moshe's smiley and warm and amazing disposition. <laughs> I mean, you're you're so blessed with, with this kid who every single Facebook post that I see of him, I mean, his smile makes me smile. So so <laughs> yeah. So tell me tell me when he gets frustrated. I have to imagine he gets frustrated. Tell me what it's like when he gets frustrated. Yeah. So what's incredible is he is so hardworking. He has so many different therapies that he has to go to that I would expect him to be frustrated all the time. Mm. Um, You know, between making sounds and me trying to guess if he's saying 
cheese or chase or whatever he's trying to say, sometimes I don't even know, and I understand him the best since I'm with him the most. Um, and he's so good at just saying no and trying to tell me a different way of that word. Mm. There are times, I would say, especially on Shabbat when he can't use his device, his iPad, um, he does get a little frustrated. Sometimes he'll try different ways to tell me. Sometimes he'll kind of just give up and move on. Um, and sometimes it's burst into tears. Mm. But again, he's quick to recover and quick to find a different way to communicate, which is amazing. That is amazing. And what is his therapy schedule like? Hmm. Well, he goes to public school for part of the day, and at public school he receives OT, um, PT, and speech therapy multiple times a week. And then privately um, he goes to speech therapist, a speech therapist three times a week outside of school and an OT once a week outside of school as well. That is, that is intense, and I give you and your husband and the entire team a, a real virtual hug in terms of I'm sure what that what that additional stress does for the two of you in terms of making sure that you have everybody where they need to be it's very very challenging that I that I can imagine um let's talk for a second about about the other kids I mean first of all I don't want to I don't want to belittle the fact that he being your second child you sort of understood what to expect with a second kid because I assume that the first child, your oldest, developed the way, shall we say, we would expect a child to develop. And so when Moshe came around and wasn't reading those, reaching those milestones, you were able to say, you know, there's a red flag here. Absolutely. Um, my, my daughter, who's now seven, she was actually extremely verbal as a baby. Um, she was talking early. And then once Moshe came around, it wasn't even the speech that that got us concerned. You know, even as a baby, because of this global apraxia, he struggled with rolling over. You know, he needed to be taught where his hands need to be to push himself up to roll over. So we realized then that that there was something going on. Um, this speech issue doesn't didn't even come up until later on when he was supposed to be talking. Um, so it's more than just delayed speech. It's delayed and still not happening. Got um, it. Delayed and still not happening. But using that <laughs> And is- there's no... Yeah, there's no cure or no quick fix. You know, it's just years of intensive and frequent speech therapy. Right. That was something that I had that I had noticed. You're not um, you're not you're not raising awareness because there is, uh, you know, there's there's something at the Mayo Clinic where they're looking on developing a cure for aproxia. That's that's not what this awareness is about. This awareness is about making sure that people know that there's another group in our society. And they might be one in a thousand. They might be one in a thousand. But that one voice still deserves to be heard and recognized. And I and I and I think that that's so important, obviously on so many reasons, because as we're developing continued sensitivities to a variety of different people with a variety of different needs, people with aproxia are no different. And there may be adults that we recognize now could have been misdiagnosed when we were kids, could have been assumed to be X when they were really Y. And if we really understood a variety of different disorders better, if we were able to bring them to the forefront better, we would develop, hopefully, a much more sympathetic and um, and warm society. Absolutely. I think the most important part for Moshe, the reason why this year I chose to really advocate as much as I can and bring this awareness around is because, you know, he's five and he's starting to try to talk more to people. And I want people to understand that 
he understands. He can have a conversation with you. You can talk to him. He might not answer in the typical way, but he's trying to communicate, and he can understand what's happening and what you're saying to him. Um, so even though it, it appears that, you know, he might not understand because he's not answering back, you know, people with apraxia, they just communicate differently. That is such a good message. What are your other kids? Tell me about tell me about them. Tell me about their development and how they interact with Moshe. Sure. So my daughter, Yafa, who's seven, she's amazing with him. She is basically his translator to the world. <laughs> um, and I've often wondered what she thinks about him. You know, when he turned five, she said, you know, I kind of wished for his birthday he would learn how to be able to talk easier. Um, you know, so she, she knows that he struggles. She's very encouraging, very patient with him, and also fights with him and treats him like a sibling, which is fantastic. Um, she will, if we're out in public and he tries to say something and someone doesn't understand, she says, oh, he has apraxia. His mouth doesn't work the same way. Um, so whether she understands that fully or not, she really is amazing with him. Then I have a 17-month-old, Gabrielle, who is developing typically. Um, there are times where we'll be at home and practicing saying a word with Moshe. So we'll say, okay, Moshe, let's practice saying Lego. And we hear the 17-month-old say Lego. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right now, you know, I, Moshe doesn't seem bothered by it, but I'm sure it will be a struggle that things come easier to the baby than it does to him. Right. But he's a hard worker. He is a hard worker and with a with a golden golden smile. It, it's really, um, it real. I want you to know that first of all, as a person who's been paying attention to your Facebook posts, I I, I applaud you because I I don't know what it's like, but I can't imagine that it's easy. So I I certainly applaud you and Shlomo for that. That is for sure. But Thank you. but in addition, um, you know th- this is one of the times where I am so proud to be active on social media and i and i believe that the internet is a good thing there are as i've said a million times on these airwaves you can use something for good and you can use it for evil and there are plenty of people who are using social media for evil and that is for sure but this is one of the times when it's good because i didn't know anything about this i did not know you had a child with aproxia until you started posting about it and and i very much appreciate that because you have made me aware and that's that's a big deal i would not have I would not have thought of reaching out to you had it not been about your posts. I really, I really appreciate that. You know, I, people have been extremely supportive um, in their in their responses to my posts, and people have told me that they've never heard of apraxia. And I just, I appreciate for Moshe's sake that people are willing to learn about it and understand. Um, so it's really been amazing. Talk to me also about your about his schooling for a second. I know I hear the 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 therapy sessions and the you know, the, uh, the multiple times a week where he's getting different therapies. And that's, that's unbelievable. But, but what is the classroom setting like for him? So it's interesting this year he's in, he's in pre-K. Um, and for half of the day he's in Jewish day school here in Ohio. And the other half of the day he goes to public school. Um, so he leaves early and then gets bus to the local public school where they do his therapies. So his class at the Jewish day school, he's one of 14 kids in the class. Um, and it's really been incredible seeing the other kids with him. Uh, they know that he can't speak well, but he's so often included, and they get excited when he comes to school and say, Moshe's here, um, which has been amazing for him, and they help him with things he needs help with. In his public school, he's actually one of four kids this year, um, So it's and two teachers. So wow. he gets a lot of attention, a lot of support, um, and a lot of encouragement, which has been amazing. And next year, he'll start kindergarten all day in public school. 
Wow, unbelievable. You know, something else that we as a Jewish community have gotten better with and have had its struggles with was making sure to be as inclusive as possible in shul. So I wonder what that's like for him. What are Shabbos's like? Uh, well, we haven't been to shul for a while. Right. Fair point. <laughs> but, fair point. Fair point. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, here our, our group just opened up for the children. Um, and I'm I'm often hesitant to send him to places like that where I can't be there to translate for him. Um, but we definitely are learning that he's he's kind of asking us for more independence. You know, he doesn't want me to hold his hand on the stairs anymore. And he's really... <laughs> He's kind of yearning for that independence. So I think a piece of it is is me letting go and saying, all right, you got this. You can figure out how to communicate. Um, you know, but I, I worry about it. You know, apraxia does often um, affect friendships and confidence. And if people always turn to you and say, I don't know what you're saying, you know, that's really right. tough. A hundred percent. So 100%. a piece of it is just like letting go a little bit and giving him the confidence that he can do it and making sure that the adults are aware of apraxia and know that he is capable of communicating in other ways. That is such, such a great message. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Ariella Benzakan. She is a parent and a parent and child advocate for children with apraxia. She is the mother of Moshe, who was diagnosed with apraxia at the age of three. We're discussing it today as part of Apraxia Awareness Month, and as tomorrow is National Apraxia Day, we want to make sure that people are as aware as possible. Ariella, we have like two minutes left. I really just want to ask you also about, I mean, you know, you come from a long line of Jewish educators, and um, and I wonder if this experience now with raising a child with apraxia who's having a different Jewish education, a different education experience than your other children and certainly ones that you had and that I had, I wonder if they, if this has, you know, opened, further opened their eyes to what it looks like to teach and to educate a child who has different needs than the other Jewish children in the classroom. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a learning experience for all of us. Um, his teachers have been really open to learning new ways to help him. He loves singing. He loves songs. Even though he is unintelligible when he sings it, he really gets it. And when you say a word that's in a song, he'll start singing it. Um, so I just think there are, you know, even if he can't say the word, if you give him two choices, he can tell you. So if you present him with two different options, what do you like better? Um, apples dipped in honey or... <laughs> you know, apple pie, he can tell you and he can participate in the growth and learning. You just need to think of a different way of asking the question. That is such a, another very important message, not only as, as educators that there, sometimes you just got to ask the question differently. It's almost, I'm going to use this word and this doesn't, this doesn't capture it, but it's almost as simple as that, right? It's almost as simple as just meeting a child where he or she is in order to help them shine. And, and Moshe is no different than that. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Ariel Benzakin, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you so much for your honesty. And and honestly, I thank you for your Facebook posts. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, <laughs> thank and, you. And, and Moshe should continue to smile and continue to make you and the whole family smile. And we look forward to hearing great things.
Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I did not get to do my fortune cookie at the top of the at the top of the show, so I quickly want to do it before we get into our uh, our song, our closing. And of course, I want to make sure everyone knows that we will be in Lakewood soon enough. My gosh, at the top of the hour, we start our live lunch. But wait, wait, wait. Let me just read my fortune cookie. Hold on, hold on. Okay, it takes less time to do a thing right than it does to explain why you did it wrong. Well, ain't that the truth? My gosh, I could give that to all of my kids. All right, so a full afternoon of programming continues the live lunch hosted by Nahum Siegel in just a few moments from Deluxe Bistro in Lakewood, New Jersey. Don't miss a minute of that. My thanks to Lawrence Margolin at Deluxe for setting this up. We very much look forward to a wonderful live lunch. Throwback Thursday, 1 p.m. Jam Rewind at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos show. Hosted by Mark Zomick at 7 p.m. Tomorrow morning, do not miss. I mean, I'm telling you, don't miss a minute of JM and the AM, especially, of course, the weekly update with Malcolm Holmline at 7.40 a.m. Folks, there's way too much to discuss in this week's weekly update. Don't miss a minute of it. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull. This is Shabbat. Matas hosts JM Sunday. Erev Shavuot. I wish everyone a Chag Shavuot Sameach. We're going to close today with the new release from Ohad and Avi Peretz. It is a beautiful, beautiful rendition Avinu, of Avinu Shabbat Shemayim. It's the prayer for the peace and safety of Israel. Please take a moment to listen. Please take a moment to sing along. Wishing everyone a peaceful and beautiful Shabbos and a peaceful and beautiful Shavuot. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>
Israel, we go. 